countries. We have to say hello to, to Nigel in Hong Kong who single-handedly managed to get us to, wait for this Dan, number nine, <laughs> number nine on the Apple podcast charts for British football shows in Hong Kong. Over 40 guest interviews and counting. We would like to welcome to the St. Johnson podcast ex-Scotland internationalist and all-round hero Del Boy John O'Neill. It's the Dogger Saints' pleasure to introduce Liam Craig, Michael Jubilee, the St. Johnson legend Stephen Anderson. How you doing, buddy? You okay? I'm all right. Just doing all right. You? It's Hall of Fame member Nick Dazovich. How are you guys doing? Over £3,000 worth of terrible merchandise disgust. But it is a dog waste bag dispenser. <laughs> Join Sam and Dan as they chat about the mighty Perth St. Johnstone. Stephen Anderson scores! It's come through to McLean! He has scored! It's at the clock! It's in! It is unbelievable! Duffy Rooney! And what is it about Sean Rooney and Cup Finals? It's the Dogger. Saints Podcast. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We are the Dogger Saints Podcast, your unofficial St. Johnson Podcast. I'm Sam Miller, and I am joined by the one, the only, it's Daniel Bryan Williams. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. Not my words, Miller, the words of Yoko Ono. <laughs> Indeed it is, you're right. I do enjoy a Christmas song, to be fair. And John Lennon, yeah, more, most importantly. Yeah. Did you see the photo of them with, like, John Lennon's massive ass crack? <laughs> I'm convinced, like... So in Greek mythology, there's this theory that everyone's, like, half a person, and that's where the soulmate things comes from. So you, like, spend your time wandering the earth looking for your other half of, your, of this whole person. I don't necessarily believe that but i do believe that john and yoko were meant to come together to create one normal arse <laughs> if you've not seen he the had a massive arse crack. and she had nixon fuck all but anyway enough about john lennon's arse crack <laughs> there's a title for this week's podcast right from the get-go um we need to thank the fine people at flonix they are sponsoring the show for the next little while so really appreciate uh daniel and the team uh doing that for us as you will be well aware by now flonix offers flexible it support professional it project delivery and expert it advice and dan's got a lovely song about them which i'm sure we'll hear at the end of the show we're gonna you don't want to peak too soon samuel so we'll wait until the end of the show but i'd just like to add on my thanks to dan and everyone at flonix for again supporting this podcast uh, they've been brilliant to us sort of over the past year or so and we are delighted to have them back. Absolutely. And what a packed episode we have got to start with. It's big time. It's mega. It's Kajunga. We're coming back and we're better than ever. We you are... better believe it, baby. <laughs> oh, that is enthusiasm that's very much required on a Sunday evening. Um, we have got former St. John's left back Mark McCulloch. What a guy. Oh, tremendous. I'm so looking forward to everyone um, hearing from Mark because it is a treat. It is. And when we were taking the three weeks off there, we weren't just sitting twiddling our thumbs, Dan, were we? I mean, there was a bit of that, but in the in the main, 
We have got a list of guests coming up on this podcast. One confirmed yesterday, which is maybe the most exciting one to date. Yeah, when we we can't give anything away, but yeah, it is massive. It's not Giorgio Boyle, though. No, no, we're still working on that. <laughs> but we'll get to the football. We'll, we'll talk about St. Johnson if we have to. There's been some comings. There's been some goings. Let's discuss. Yeah, and this is the good thing. There's been no games, so we don't have to talk about any games. There was actually two games sort of since our last podcast, but we lost them both, and I can't be asked talking about them. No, we go again. No. They were a long time ago. It was before Christmas. A lot's happened. So, <laughs> but, but we've got yeah, some players in. We have. We have. And it looked... I mean, we all sort of knew it was coming. Um, and it's a lot desperately needed, obviously, since we since we last spoke. Uh, expected a loss to Celtic on Boxing Day, but before that, made a complete and utter... Dropped, a, dropped the ball a little bit against County. That was a big game. And, yeah, that just didn't go well. But... The break obviously got bought forward because the the Omicron um, and the fact we couldn't go a game, so I think a sensible decision was reached. Although Rangers fans would disagree, and it was all a conspiracy to do with Celtic not wanting to play. <laughs> to be fair, I don't doubt that Celtic had that in mind that they had a load of players injured and wanted to make a few sign and signed half the J League by the way. Yeah. Um, so see how those guys work out, but I don't really care. Anyway, moving on. Well, we've so, dip- we've so- dipped into. The Turkish League and the Irish League. We have. Um, well, the first signing, we'll get this out of the way. The first signing we made was the permanent transfer of Ali Crawford. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. I don't think he really, and there's a lot of people that I liked that reacted badly to it. So this isn't me having a go at anyone or being overly personal or anything like that. Because I sort of get it, but just cut the lad a bit of slack because it was obvious he'd read the comments because he posted something about how he was delighted to be like quote tweeted the tweet that all the sort of bad reactions came to so yeah look he's not had a good couple of months he was obviously his performance against Celtic was frustrating because he didn't really look to be putting a shift in and if there's one thing we need it's players putting a shift in and to be fair there is the the argument suggests He's not that sort of player. And maybe that's right. Maybe he's a bit of a, a luxury player, but it's a luxury we can't afford. And if he isn't that sort of player, then fuck me. He needs to learn pretty quickly to be one because we're going to need all hands to the pump. And But he is a good player. And we saw it when he first came in. And in a functioning side, which we haven't been, I genuinely think he could be pretty good. Yeah, he's chipped him with a couple of goals against both the Dundee teams. So it is there. But we'll, we'll move on from Ali Crawford to oh, the glorious. This is what the cinch is all about. The return of Nadir Chiefji to uh, these shores. The I, premier party man of the <laughs> cinch has returned. The glorious Nadia back in the glorious cinch with the glorious-ish saints. <laughs> and yeah, he's he actually got a bit more of a warmer reaction from the fans than I expected. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone's that bothered about the fact he used to play for Dundee United. I don't think Saints fans really. It's not like if, for example, when Michael Owen signed for Manchester United and everyone just hated immediately. <laughs> or a, another example, like as a manager, he's just got sacked tonight. Rafa Benitez was always on to fucking hiding yeah. at Everton. 
Um, so, yeah, it, it's not like that. I think Saints fans have reacted quite warmly, mainly because we are desperate for something up front. And this is a lad who has got a proven record in Scotland. There's no two ways about it. It was a while ago, and that's what makes it a gamble because his record since hasn't been stellar, no. particularly in recent times. He's had more clubs than Tiger Woods, <laughs> and the last couple of them, he's not exactly been banging them in. But he knows the Scottish League. He could have had himself a cup final goal again, same time he rattled the... Uh... Rattled the crossbar, bounced down, and Manus kind of smothered it. But remember, it, it Manus on the back. Remember our live show where, well, we went to see the one with the cup final winners, Fraser Wright, Chris Miller. And um, remember Fraser Wright discussing that. He wasn't actually telling them that he was crying, like wipe your eyes. He was basically telling Nadir Chief to you that, well, when I'm up collecting the, the trophy, you can be taking pictures. And that was what he was doing, making a snappy finger camera sign. So that cleared that one up. Yeah, that cleared that one up. And, um, to be fair, Fraser, so we've spoke to him a few times, he absolutely drives a bone. And his, um, his tweet reaction to the Chief Chief signing, just the eyes wide open emoji, um, was was pretty was pretty funny. But yeah, it's like it's a gamble. And we know it's a gamble. And we know he's not exactly a workhorse, but it's sort of different to midfield in that I really don't care if he does any running whatsoever <laughs> because what we've been lacking, and Chris Kane and Stevie May are brilliant lads to have in your team because they just they work they work so hard and do the dirty work. But sometimes when you're in a sit, it was Motherwell. And I'm not getting on anyone's back here, but we weren't creating a lot of chances in general around that time. And but a couple of times at Fair Park, I'm two down or one down and then two down, and we're getting balls in the box. And Mazo is his lone centre forward is back. He's nowhere near the box because he's been back sort of scrapping in midfield. Yeah. And you're just thinking, and and you love that because you love to see players giving it their own, putting a shift in and and really working for the working for the teammates, working for the shirt. But when we're desperate for goals and we are actually getting a couple of decent balls into the box, then you need your centre forward basically stood on the penalty spot. Yeah. And that's the furthest back he should be going. That's it. People saying so, he's lazy, which would be absolutely ideal. Great. Just let him park his brilliant. fat arse in the middle of the 18-yard the box and just fire balls in him. Yeah. And he'll and he'll do something with him. And he's, he's a nightmare. And for the reasons why sort of Saints, not just Saints, actually, or Saints fans, I should say, reason Saints fans and Dundee fans and whoever, basically anyone who wasn't a fan of Dundee United and then Celtic and Motherwell. The exact reasons, you know, you sort of hated him are the exact reasons you will love him if he plays for you. Yeah. He's a pain in the arse. He's a nightmare. He can, at his best, I'm going to caveat that with, at his best, he's an absolute nightmare for defenders. His movement's good. His physicality's good. And he's just a bit of a shit house. <laughs> yeah, is he? So he's a total wind-up merchant. And yeah, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need a little bit of um a little bit of that. What would you call it? The dark arts, really. Yeah, just a bit, of shite, side. bit of shite housery. Exactly. And I think that's what we're lacking. Well, what we're lacking a few things, but that's certainly one of the things we're lacking. So it's a gamble, but 
it's definitely a gamble worth taking. I think so. Uh, Nadir Chiefchi is in. Also, we've got a couple of defenders in. We've got Dan Cleary. Don't know much about the guy, but comes with a good pedigree. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, in centre-half, I feel a bit sorry for James Brown because I think he's going to take his place on the side, despite the fact that James Brown has done nothing wrong. In yeah. fact, he's probably been, through all of this, our best player of the last couple of months. So, feel a bit sorry for him, but the reports are good. You know, he was at Liverpool, and, as you know, as much as I don't want to admit it, shit players aren't at Liverpool. No. You know, you've got to have something about you. Uh, he's obviously been at Birmingham. I mean, he's a kid at Liverpool. He was a kid at Birmingham, but then he's uh, very well thought of at Dundalk. Obviously, I've not I've not watched Dundalk ever <laughs> apart from the UEFA Cup game a couple of years ago uh, when they were in the same group as Arsenal. So, he, I mean, that's another thing. He's played in UEFA Cup, well, Europa League. Sorry. Did he say. play with David McMillan then? Yeah, yeah, he played with David McMillan. Oh, nice. So, um, cut an eye joy himself. <laughs> So he's there's a throwback for the long term listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's yeah, I, I I can't offer any insight as to what he's like, but the Dundalk fans that I saw, you know, on Twitter and, and on the socials were were very glowing in praise for him. So he seems to be a bit of a ball carrying centre half, which maybe we've maybe we have missed a little bit since since Jason Kerr went. So nah, good luck to him and we'll um I'll be very interested to see how he goes because players that come over from, from Ireland, you can get some absolute gems. And again, you can get some absolute horror shows. Yeah, yeah, that was that was <laughs> gonna be the that was gonna be the next bit. Bro, uh, and to complete the signings done thus far, uh, another Liverpool youngster. Well, a player started at Falkirk. Yes, yeah, he was at Falkirk. As a youngster, and then they took him on to Liverpool in his academy, looking for first team football, and he signed permanent deal. Yeah, uh, and again, Tony Gallagher. A lad I don't know. Tony Gallagher. Yeah, um, again, a lad I don't know an awful lot about. I must admit. Um, obviously, played for Falkirk at a very young age, and guys moved to love. I think he was linked with Barcelona, point which is mental. But <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's gone to Liverpool again. Say, if you shit, unless you like Danny Wilson, if you shit, you're <laughs> not going to be at Liverpool. Mind you, I take Danny Wilson, but. Or would have done. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure he's got something about him. My worry is for him. This time we'll talk about this in a minute with the players that have gone. It's he's the sort of player by the looks of things that you'd want at, in that position at left back. And I love Callum Booth, but I think this lad could give us a little bit of something, something extra. But then I thought Reese Devine could. Yeah. I still think he could have done. But he never really got the chance. So I really hope, as I say, as much as I love Callum Booth, I really hope we get a, a good chance to see what uh, what Tony Gallagher can bring. There's been a few high. I mean, I think most professional footballers can look good off a few highlights, um, highlights packages on Twitter and whatever. But he, he, was, at, um, he was at Toronto on loan in the MLS. So, and by all accounts, did very well there. So, yeah, um, again, it's... I wouldn't say it's a gamble, but we're just going to have to see. I think it's a wait and see situation. I think so. We'll we'll get to the the outgoing players later on in the podcast, but we'll talk very very briefly on things that are still in the fire. What's the word I'm looking for there? Irons in the fire. That's very much Zach Rudden. Don't know if that's dead in the water yet, but he was a potential. Uh, yeah, and I actually watched him the other night. It was on um, BBC Scotland. Um, Thistle were playing 
against Killy. Yeah. And it's led to um, two friends of the show getting in a bit of a Twitter spot afterwards. Who was that? <laughs> Stuart Cosgrove and Richie Foster. Ah. Yeah. Um, I think that's the first thing Richie's tweeted in a long time, and it was just basically picking an argument with something Stuart had said. So, uh, sounds about right, but yeah, um, I, I watched Rudd, and he didn't, um, as you'd say, some sort of heather on fire. He was, he, he was all, he, he was okay, I thought, but I think there's a few things. Maybe his fitness isn't quite he, brilliant. He, he does he tend to get, get subbed off pretty early. Yeah, I'd read that today actually. Yeah, yeah, it was a good piece by Eric Nicholson um, in the Courier about that. So yeah, he's. It's one of them. I think you have to be sure and you have to be 100% sure before, even before you start sort of splashing money about that he's the business and he's what you want. Aye, because but one... I'd rather oh, we did that... Sorry. No, you're, you're right, mate. I'd rather we did that as an um, as a sort of investment for for the future, but we do need people that are going to come in and make an immediate impact. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to nip in with a comment about um, Callum making sure the strikers are match fit. That seems to be his thing. Uh, and if this guy isn't fit, he is not going to be playing. No, no, he's not. And yeah, and maybe maybe that's the case. As I say, he's a young lad. And so I think if we are going to be spending money on anyone, they're probably going to be looking at a sort of longer term contract, maybe sort of two and a half, three and a half years at this stage, which is obviously going to be difficult for, say, to tie someone down to on the sort of wage structure we've got. Um. Yeah, but I'm going to come back to something, and I said it months ago, and I said I'd come back to it. The money will be reinvested in the playing squad. Yeah. And so far, I, I, I think, well, Cleary was a free agent, like finished his contract at Dundalk. Chifty was a free agent. I'm not going to imagine Liverpool asked for a fee for Gallagher. And I don't think Bolton asked for a fee for Crawford. And the couple of signings that have fallen through, like definitely, Liam Shaw was linked. He's got a move. Well, that was loan. And um, I think it's still an iron in the fire, but Malka Halberg mm-hmm. from Hibs, I, I don't think anything's set in stone there, but that would be a loan. So you could maybe understand if fans were getting a little bit restless but I'm I'm actually willing to sort of say I think I said at the time maybe the summer's the better you can't always get what you want in January you can't get exactly what you want no because everybody's wanting the same thing yeah and yeah so may, maybe there's a view to just sort of half getting getting what's necessary in January to yeah. keep us up and then or to at least do the best to keep us up and then there's some also with players because some players might be looking at Saints at the minute and thinking, you know, I don't really want to be playing championship football next year. No. And that is, and I'm not saying I, because as I've said before, I don't think we're going to go down, but players like will look and think, well, oh, no, they're at the bottom of the table. Do I really want to be doing that? So, yeah, I've, I'll be interested to see how the rest of the window goes. But yeah, we will. Wait with wait with intrigue, I think. With bated breath. Robbie Dees was another one. There was uh, maybe a bit of cash getting thrown at him, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Let's move on. Let's move on to a fun feature. How about that? Oh, I enjoy a fun feature, Sam. This one's a competition. It's Wendy Who. Wendy, Wendy Who, Wendy Who, yeah. Wendy, Wendy Who, Wendy 
It's Wendy Who this week, and if you've not listened to this, it's our Mystery Voice competition. This is the Mystery Voice. Hi, I'm... And I'm the Dog of Saints, Mystery Voice. Who is it? Who knows? But I, I, I tried to contact three different people tonight to try and come on, and they've all shot the bed. You're joking? No. Come on. come on. You give, you, give, you give us your number, we're going to give you a call. Yeah. But... You know, we, hit, we hit you up. We hit you up on, on the good times. But following the footsteps of our two previous callers who were both incorrect as... Who did they say it was? It was Doogie Barron. It was not... Well, that was a good shot. And Roddy Grant. It was also not Roddy Grant. This is the Mystery Voice. I'll play it one more time for you. Hi, I'm... And I'm the Dog of Saints, Mystery Voice. You could win a prize bundle, and we're going to be adding to it next week. This will be very exciting. So, come on! Get there! Get your ass in gear and we'll get you sorted. And you could win a prize bundle. Include- not a prize bungle. He was a character from Rainbow. Certainly a not. A prize bundle. A, prize- a bundle of prizes. Maybe we could throw in a bungle toy. We could do. Which one was bungle? The big bear. Oh, yeah, that was him. What was yeah. the character with a zip across his mouth? Taking the piss. That's <laughs> right. Surely not. Surely not. But that that is our Wendy Hook competition. If you want to get involved, DM us your number. We'll give you a call. We'll get you on air for a wee chat. It's all it's all pre-recorded and edited. No need to be scared. We're your pals. We 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 we're quite nice sometimes. Sometimes. But what 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 I will do this week is tell you who it is not. So we can add another no. name to the list because one of the, the people we try to get on actually told us a suggestion who they thought it was, and we I can confirm it is not Steve Brown. No. He's not the chairman. Will we give a clue? Yes. We love the 90s. Oh, we do love the 90s. And that's the clue. Yeah, there's your clue. Yeah, so we'll leave it, we'll leave that's it at that. That's your lot. That's all you're getting just now. But if you want to take part, as I say, get us in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you've got our mobile number, just please text us, um, and we will get you on to take part in the competition. But should we do another feature, Dan? I've missed these. Oh, I'd love to do a feature. How about this? <laughs> What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What what's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. The club shop of shame. Where you send us your rubbish merchandise and we will discuss it on the show. This week is an absolute doozy. Oh my days. It is a peach. From the Coventry City screen wash to the Paris Saint-Germain Theragun Pro. Remember that? The massage gun. Oh, that was great, that. Yeah. And they had a gear stick as well, a gear stick knob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, knob being the operative. <laughs> Indeed. But we're going, we're, going, we're discussing a product today, which is a, which is a first on the Club Shop of Shame. But still, it is absolutely garbage. Oh, yeah. The first, and it's the first that I, you know, I do these like little examples at the end and uh, to be fair they're pretty out there i absolutely could not have come up with this <laughs> there's not a chance i could have come up with this no it's so, it's brilliant go on tell the world right i described it as a peach it's actually more of a strawberry <laughs> or, or if you will a strawberry ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i present to you the rangers fc licensed products strawberry ferguson E-liquid. It is, um, it's strawberry-flavoured vape liquid that they've called Strawberry Ferguson. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. I've got so many 
I've got so many ways to go on this. I, I don't know where to start. Right, right. So obviously, a quick description from that. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, description, strawberry flavoured e-liquid from Range of Secret with finest quality, fully traceable ingredients made right here in our facility in Edinburgh, UK. Oh, I'm glad to know that it's not the Edinburgh in Swaziland. I mean, uh, Rangers were always good for this sort of shit. In fact, we had Rangers on the last one. Oh, the ring. With, that gold, with the ring, yeah. This is totally like the other end of this. This is a totally different reason, though. Rangers are always good for this sort of nonsense. So, <laughs> I can't even, I can't speak. Um, right, I need to start. It's not so much... What it is, I can't. It, it, I say it describes itself. It's like vape liquid. There's stuff, you know. You can you see it in Morrison's, you know, behind the second lottery counter. Um, so everyone knows what it looks like. Everyone knows what it. I, I'm gonna. I just want to get into the nuts of not so much what, but but why. And <laughs> um, why, for a start, has a football club, and I'm not just picking on Rangers here. Any football club decided that um, the market to crack into is uh, vape liquid. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, I, I, again, I mean, why not? But it just seems like I'd I just love, love to have been a fly on the wall in the marketing department that day when someone decided this was a route to go down. <laughs> you know, what 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 can we flog? What will these these simpletons of govern lap up? Um, we've done shirts, caps. Chocolate bars. Chocolate bars, um, vastly expensive rings. <laughs> Uh, tracky tops, or you know, whatever. I, I don't know how they got from that to sort of going vape liquid, but I'm willing to put that to one side for a minute and focus on the name Strawberry Ferguson. <laughs> That's good. I mean, everyone knows, everyone gets the reference. Current Aloha manager, Barry Ferguson. Yeah, present Aloha manager, Barry Ferguson. Um, fine, but just... Just why? What I'm actually wondering is whether Barry Ferguson knows about this, whether anyone gave him a heads up. So I don't think Rangers. I know he played for Rangers for a long, well, over a couple of spells for a long time. Or he's a great player for them, club captain. But I don't think they own his soul. No. So I'm not really sure whether they can put his name to just random product. It's not just not because of any connotations with vapes or whatever, but just with. Like anything, it could be, I don't know, a cock ring, well, bad example. Um, <laughs> why can I not think of anything other than vapes and cock rings? Right. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, Sam, help me here. Um, no, I'm just enjoying you watching you squirm here. This is incredible. Wine gums. Barry Ferguson wine gums. Good. It could have been anything, but I don't think they own his soul. So I don't think they can put, just put his name to random products. But strawberry sweets. Strawberry Ferguson sweets. Right, there we go. Done. Got there in the end. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's baffling me, but I just think in terms of absolutely pointless nonsense, this is right up there. Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely garbage. My favourite thing about the whole thing is the comment section. Have you seen that? Hold on, hold on. Yes, there's two. Right, I'm going to... There's two reviews, both five-star. So this one comes from... Um, I don't know if I say this person's... I don't know if I give names. Fuck it, they're not going to be listening. This is from Danielle Hill, right? <laughs> it's out in the, this, is on, this is collected by a trust pilot, right? Five stars, exact same as a strawberry. 
just brought for the brand name. That pretty much explains basically everything we have on Club Shop of Shame. Yeah, absolutely. Rangers are probably one of the biggest culprits for slapping a badge on anything, and this sums it up wholeheartedly. And why not? Because when you get comments like that, and comments from this, from Robert Hunter, five stars. (laughs) Which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favourite comment on anything ever. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, buddy. Best comment on anything ever. (laughs) Simply the best. Better than all the rest. <laughs> well said, Robert. Well done. And But the best thing is, it's sold out. It's sold out, yeah, I was getting to that. Um, I don't know how much vape liquid costs, um, but apparently it's one ninety nine for um, for a 10, 10 litre, what do you call it, a little bottle. Um, three, four ninety nine. I mean, you can see, the more you buy, the more you save. Well, <laughs> I don't see how you, you, you wouldn't want to get more. So, yeah, so they managed to, hold on. Right, so in the sold out things, one for one ninety nine, three for four ninety nine, five for seven ninety nine, ten for fourteen ninety nine, twenty for twenty seven ninety nine, one for two ninety nine. That was one ninety nine. Well, no, but then they've got another option where you get one for two ninety nine. That's not a good deal. Ah, oh, come on. That's... Right, so if Saints were going to be releasing their own vape fragrances, what what names could we go with? This is like the return of the theme team. Nick Dasovic's vapor rub flavor. <laughs> nice, banana Joel Hasselbank. Very good. Well, I mean, good enough. <laughs> um, Zan Dirty Big Kebab Clark. <laughs> wow, you were never quite good at the theme team here. Oh, no, I was awful. And I'm, I'm absolutely, um, you know, the winter break hasn't solved that. Certainly not. But we can both agree that this product is absolutely shite. Oh, dreadful. <laughs> good. Funny, very funny, but dreadful. We'd have to thank Dylan Stewart for sending this one in and bringing it to our attention this week. It's, uh, it's class and exactly right up our street. Terrible. It's exactly what we need. And we need more of this content. It, I mean, I'd say, actually, because I have no idea how much a vape liquid costs, so I'm assuming that's not overpriced. Um, judging by the Trustpilot comments, it's, it's of high quality <laughs> um, for what it is. But for absolute, complete and utter pointlessness. It's up there. Oh, it's up there. Strawberry Ferguson Rangers branded vape oil. Incredible. And it goes. Oh, you better believe it. It goes. And it will be behind the counter. Indeed it will be. Like Dylan, if you want to send something in to us, you can through a variety of different means. And I know one man who can tell you just how to do that very thing. It's Daniel. Well, Sam, (laughs) I need to tell you, before we get to the means of sending stuff in, I think you might need an example. Just the one. You're right, I would. Just of what you can send, because it's been a while. So you might have forgotten. You might be thinking, this sounds like good banner. I'm right, thinking, Dylan's got the right idea. He's got the instant lads. I want to follow suit, but I don't know what I can send in. So, Sam, listeners, I'm going to tell you what you can send. I'm, I like to give a theme on these. And obviously, it's a new year. It's our new year. It's our first podcast of 2022. And, you know, it's the time of year when and you make New Year's resolutions. In fact, we're about two weeks into the new year, so you've probably broken them all already. But, you know, you, we all go in with bright ideas. And I think what's very important when you're doing these bright ideas, in fact, a very under underlying theme of them all, like almost the foundations for it is, you know, a good a good mental state. I really do think it is. And that's got me thinking, how do I connect, you know, this the positive mental attitude that underlies New Year's resolutions to the glorious world of Scottish football, the fit bar, if you will. <laughs> and that's right. It got me thinking. It got me, it really got me going. And then I came to it. So I know what I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking. Sam, do you know what I'm thinking? Not a fucking clue, but I'd love to know. Well, well you got to find out, baby. 
and you're all going to find out because I'm going to tell you, if you have seen, you got to come and let us know if you've seen it. You let us know. You come and let the boys know. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll let us know in a minute. But if you have ever seen the St. Johnson Vantage page, guide to calmness and well-being. <laughs> I definitely not seen that. <laughs> that page, I got seen all I got out thinking these are very rational, very level-headed human beings. <laughs> <laughs> and we can watch it. And we can watch it. I think they can make a guide, a real book, a handy compendium, if you will, to help everyone through and achieve their goals, achieve their New Year's goals. You're gonna, whether you're gonna smash it at the gym, whether you're gonna find love, whether you're gonna learn how to cook a right tasty meal. <laughs> and this guide, this guide to calmness and well-being from the good people at the St. Johnson Banner page, it can help you achieve your goals. It can underpin it, it can be the foundation, it can be the secret sauce to your delicious meal. And now you want you might be thinking when you see that you might be thinking, I want to. Let the boys know, and I'll tell you, I'll let us know. You let us know by all the usual social streams. Doggy Saints on Twitter, Doggy Saints on Instagram, DoggySaints.com, the contact section, and the old facing B. For the love of God, please stop logging onto your computer and suggesting we sign Mitch Meganson. <laughs> yeah. it, it is doing nobody any good. But you know what could do you a bit of good? You come in and seeing something, and you come in letting the boys know. St. Johnson, Banner Page, Guide to Calmness and Wellbeing. Available all good bookshops. Woo! Get there! Ah, the St. Johnson banner page. It never, um, it's a, it's the best source of entertainment on the internet. It is, and I'm, I, I know I make jokes about it a lot. Well, it's low-hanging fruit, in it? <laughs> but, um, I'm, to anyone who might be getting a little bit, think I'm taking the piss. Well, I am, but, <laughs> It's all done in good fun. Everyone's got an opinion and they all stink, especially mine. <laughs> Indeed. That theme tune only means one thing, Dan. Oh, baby, I've missed it. Giorgio Boy on the Royal. Where have you seen St. Johnson players out and about? What have they been doing? And this week is an absolute belter. Ah, it is tremendous. Absolutely fantastic. So, so this has been very kindly sent in to us by uh, Nathan Bartlett and, or Nathan Nartlett if you will, on the Twitter. <laughs> if you prefer. If you prefer. Anyway, Nathan says to us, he goes, starts off, so Martin Hardy in the dancing at Tea in the Park 2013 in his Greenick Morton tracky top like the Techno Viking. Brilliant. I don't, I, I don't think that needs much more explaining, but I think we should go into it a little bit more, I feel. Yeah, uh, I feel we should. So, friend of the show, Martin Hardy, I, I'm just enjoying Techno Viking, but <laughs> uh, Nathan goes on, genuinely true, him and Sung Myung Boy for them just finished a game and headed to tea in the park. I'm assuming 2013. That was, was still Ballado. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. literally just Googling that now. Uh, and the headliners that week were Mumford and Sons, Rihanna and the Killers. Oh, I, like the, I like the re-re element of it, but... <laughs> Jason Sayers, <laughs> The Script, Stereophonics, Calvin Harris, Kraftwerk, David Guetta, Emily Sandy, Paloma Faith, Jake Bug, Twin Atlantic. Anyway, a uh, decent lineup. In the words of Reno Gattuso, sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Anyway, um, Nathan concludes, he said, I can't mind much myself yet because you're at tea in the park. In the slam tent. Yeah, in the slam tent. That is genuinely what happens. Um, he said, he was a bit like, Hardy, you legend. He said, he was a bit reluctant, but the young guy was more more for boasting that they just finished the game. 
he's unknown. Don't know if he achieved greatness. <laughs> Who the other player is. <laughs> we will try and find out. I think we can get in touch with Martin Hardy and ask the question, I think. Yeah, I reckon Martin would tell us. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'm not sure of anyone from Morton who of that area went on to achieve greatness. Doogie Emery. Was he there maybe at the time? Chris Miller would have been um, away. I can't think who would be there. Young, but... young guy. He would have been, I don't know. You know, he shat himself at school. Who did? Doug Emery. No, I didn't know that. How do, and, and, how do you know an this? Unnamed, an unnamed friend of mine was at school with him and he shat his pants. Good. Yeah. There we go. Anyway. But so they were both yeah. in their Morton tracksuits, giving it large in the, the slam tent at Tina Park, Martin in, Hardy. In, yeah. I mean, that's, to be fair, that's the kind, this is what I love particularly about football up here. There's still that element of sort of Sunday league going straight out after the game and ending up in a nightclub still in your shin pads. The only person I think in English football big time who would probably do that would be Vardy. Vardy would. Sounds like Grealish should do it as well, to be fair. Yeah. He's a bit of a shambles. <laughs> Foden, no, he's too cool He likes a pity. Yeah, he'd have to get showered first. And that's for wimps. Showering is for wimps. But a great spot, Martin Hardy at Tina Park. Have you ever seen any? Have you ever seen Ashley Johnson play at Tina Park? Let us know. Yeah, I mean it's more than likely to have happened. So it's no, that's a tremendous spot. That's what we want more of. Saints at festivals. Yes, and T's the most likely one. Admittedly, I cannot really have ever seen. You know, uh, I'm trying to think. Brian Easton got a rock nest. Keegan Parker at Glastonbury. He wouldn't get let into Glastonbury. <laughs> any old freak in there, and Keegan Parker would still get knocked back. Plenty of brothels down that neck of the woods from. Oh, jeez. We're not going down that road again. <laughs> He's had the a Marlboro hard... Road, but The Marlboro Road, Blackpool. Yeah. He does enjoy it. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I backed myself into a bit of a cul-de-sac here. But we'll, yeah. we'll try and reverse our way back out. If you've seen St. Jordan's players anywhere, where have you seen them? What have they been doing? Dan, we need examples. Sam, I like an example. <laughs> not the fella who did love kickstarts again. I could very much take or leave him. I like examples of where you guys... I like to give examples of where you guys have seen the Saintys because it whets your appetite, gets you going for letting us know where you've seen the Saintys. And I like that more than anything. And so I'm going to give you a couple of examples just to get you right in the mood for letting the boys know. And then I'm going to tell you how to let us know at the end of it. But this week, Sam, I've been thinking about the movies, the talkies, the flicks, if you will. <laughs> Indeed. I know. Films. Films, yeah. And it was very popular at the minute. Superhero films. Yeah, that. and uh, Yeah. But reboots. Yes. Uh, rebooted versions of films. You know, all of, and then they, they redo it. I got really... I'm going off on a tangent here. But I, I was sitting the other day they're doing a, um, a reboot of Memento. In my head, Re Memento came out like last year. Yeah, that's not an old film. Yeah, that's not an old film. It's weird as well. Anyway... I watched a film with Jennifer Lopez in it, a horror film where they, they he went in, she went in the head of The Cell, it was called. Have you seen that? No, it's good. No. Oh, right. <laughs> so that's my input. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Thank you very much, Barry Norman. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to give you examples just to get you going of Saint Season and the cinema. So if you've ever seen it, I think this has happened. You might have seen it. It might be out there. If you've seen it, come and let us know. Have you ever seen former Saints midfielder Tommy Lovenkrantz? Good. The, Danish dynamite, Tony Lovenkrantz, trying to cajole his less illustrious footballing brother, Peter, into taking on the roles of Ronnie and Reggie Craig, as played by Spandau Ballet's Gary and Martin Kemp in a gritty Danish remake of the 1990 film, <laughs> The Craigs. 
I think that's happened. Tommy loves it. He loves going around and going, you fucking slag. Right? <laughs> just like just like Randy Craig. And so if you've seen that, you come and let us know. But I don't think one example is enough. I think you need another example. I'm going to give you another example. And have you ever seen former Saints midfielder Paul Kane and present centre forward Chris Kane facing off in an audition for the lead role in a tastefully erotic Hallmark <laughs> Channel remake of Citizen Kane? I love the Hallmark I Channel. Think <laughs> I think it's out there. And if you've seen it, you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know. And I'm going to tell you how to let us know. It's all the usual social streams. Dogger Saints on Instagram, Dogger Saints on Twitter, Dogger Saints.com, the contact section, and the old BCB. Please, and I mean this, please stop posting pictures of your kebabs on the takeaway review page because I am genuinely concerned about the health of this town. <laughs> they look good, though. People eat a lot of. Um, sort of, including myself, a lot of shit in this town. I, and I don't think we need, I, I think we're on the brink of having a, like a World Health Organization crisis. And that's coming from the guy from Blackpool, which is impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah, what's it? You, yeah, you're not eating healthy there. But we're eating good when you give us your stories of where you've seen the Saints. So you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know. And we'll give you a little shout out on the air. Boom! Get there! Shall we get a guest on, Dan? I think we better had. I think so. We've got a headline act, our guest of the week. We spoke to him earlier on tonight, and what a guy he was. He loved his time. Seven years with the club, which is a, it's not a, it's a big old chunk of your life. It's not an insignificant amount of time. Game time was limited, however. 45 games over over his spell in the first team. I think five, two years as a youth player, five years in the, in the first team squad. However, when we were trying to speak to him at the get-go, my phone was playing funny buggers and we didn't record the first four minutes. So the nice, usually the nice warm welcome that we do, hi, Mark, nice to speak to you, blah, blah, blah. We lost that. So we're just going to dive straight into the interview where I was asking about Darren Dodds. We can assure you it was a very nice sort of warm, warm hello, how do you do beforehand. He's a smashing fella. He really is. And I'm really excited for you to hear this because it's a tremendous interview. So we will pick up on the interview with Mark McCulloch as he is discussing Darren Dodds and drug tests. Enjoy. I can't mind where we were playing, but it was, we had a game anyway, and Dodds, was picked out for the drug test. You know, you get the random drug test and after the game. Yeah, yeah. And that, and at that time, it's me, Dodsy, definitely Mick O'Neill. It might have been Bert, it might have been Graham Murray. So sitting around waiting and waiting and waiting, trying to get back to Edinburgh. He finally does it, and we're, we're hitting the road, we're back down. We're, you know, we're getting quite close to the both road bridge. And he's like, he's like, Mick, you're going to have to pull over. I've been drinking 15 gallons of water there to try and pee. So you're going to, need to pee, pull over. I need to pee again. Mick's gone mental. He just wants to get down the road. So Mick and he'll shout. Anyway, let's him out. So me and Mick were just sitting, talking about the game, talking everything that's happening. And we're looking in the mirror and we're like, where the fuck is he? <laughs> um, the big man, the big man had drained, he'd taken water poisoning and actually fell down the red. Re- re- <laughs> we fucking three us on our feet, yeah, doing, doing this hill, trying to lift him back up into this motor. Big, big guy who took water poisoning. Uh, 15 litres on that, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying, it, I said, I'm going to try that the night out in Edinburgh. Instead of getting uh, vodka red, well, I'm just going to go for the water if that's effect all day. That was. That was brilliant. End up the same situation. What a guy. Uh, so, honestly, but genuinely, guys, and the thing is about Dodgy, right, you know, he was quite, like, he knew about his, his limited ability, he knew, he knew what he'd do, but see, as a pro in the gym, acts, exercise, he was doing all the stuff that you see people do now. He was doing that, what, 20-odd years ago. Right. 
So pre game, post game, you know, the way he conditioned himself, and and that's why he had such a good career. You know, he, he he's not going to be an Alan Kernigan. He's not going to hit seventy yards with his left foot, seventy yards with his right foot. You know, he he was good at what he was good at, but he looked after himself so well. And and I say, top it off, what a guy. Such a gentleman. Nice. Yeah, it, I've not heard anybody say any kind of bad words against Darren Dodds. They've all said the same thing, just a big gentle giant of a guy and easy to rip the piss out of. Oh, oh he was funny. And, and see, the Inverness one that Biscuits is telling you, he, he, like like Bob talks about, you know, this is all 20 odd years ago, but as soon as, as soon as you start hearing the stories, it all comes flashing back to you. <laughs> Um, oh, streams of tears coming down my face. I was there that night and then, but I think it was a testimony we were up there for. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> did he never get involved in any of the, the holidays? Apparently there's a few boys' holidays to Ayanapa. No, so so we were, we were obviously the young school. Do you know what I mean? Com- yeah. Compared to, Dodgy got involved. Dodgy and that, they kind of got, the good as they got was the Newcastle away. You know, if it was like the international break, um, they would tail and enjoying that. But once we got to the, the kind of Ayanapas, which was the summer's, Ayanapa, Magaluf, Carvos, God, we did it all. Um, that was more... Do you, do you remember the boy, um, Davy McLoon? Yeah, yeah. Davy McLoon, Ross... Ro- aye, Davy McLoon, Ross Forsyth, Wee Keegan Parker, myself and Kieran, and then we had another group of mates in Edinburgh. My, my best mate, actually, was a guy called... Well, still is a guy, <laughs> uh, called Scott Bannerman. Okay. Um, he, he went full-time with Habs. He, he had a decent wheel career at Habs, and then kind of did something to myself, came back down part level, did Rafe, Dumbarton, and, and things like that, so... We we had a squad like that that you know that was the summer that was um, I mean you think back about it now you know we used we used to get off the plane and go straight to training <laughs> and then and and then the afternoon and the afternoon station in the inch and it, and it actually makes me feel a wee bit sick now we were still lapping some of the pros because you're just young naive boy do you know what I mean Aye. you you're in the air you're in the air drank water in two weeks so you were having. Fish balls. It was a carry out and it, aye, aye, it was. <laughs> Anything that was doing a free shot, although it was probably somebody's piss, we were like, ah, oh, if we're giving it for free, he's it. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then we're getting off this plane and just meeting in Perth and got the fear, like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> just rattling. And then ju- ju- just getting it, aye, if we're getting into it and getting around it now. God, you go you go for a night out now or a stag do. We went a stag do there. I don't think anybody spoke to each other for two weeks after it. Didn't even leave their house. <laughs> you know? Just rattling it's with the well fear. Aware. Uh, I know how oh, that works. It, it, it yeah. changes as you get older. That's it. But br- brilliant times, you know? Aye. Um, one question I do have to ask you about one trip to Ayanapa is who threw the bottle? That's all, that's all the information I have on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, must mean something to you, I feel. This this is um this is Kieran's favourite story. Now you've got to remember, right, that he was my best man, I was his best man. We've lived together in three different cities and three different times, you know, that, that bond we made to fourteen year old playing for Alistair Stevenson. And this is his story that he wants to tell everybody. So we were an eye enough. We were an eye enough, right? And we we're just you know, have you probably been there as like between pubs is a bit called the square and you can go yeah, to the left and I li- right. I lived in Ayanapa for five years. Oh, did you? I, well, I was, based, oh. I was I was in RAF and I was based out there. Right. I was a five-minute drive from uh, Ayanapa, which was pretty handy. Decent in the summer, but during the, the winter months from October to about April, it was just the, even the McDonald's shut. So there was oh, nothing that's... happening. But yep, uh, Nessie Beach on a, on a Monday. That was, that was the time. Oh, we lived we lived the dream on that beach and then in that square at night. But we were, as you get, as you imagine, the heat of summer for us. So it was the middle of June pre-season really really busy and there's this there's like groups starting to kick off like everyone's about you can tell there's a fight going to start we're not really involved 
Yeah. There's 10 or 12 Scottish ones there, but we're there enough to see what's going on. And I just go into the bush, right? I'm doing a pee and I'm in the bush and I just see this Budweiser bottle. So I pull my trousers down, pull my shorts down, and I put this Budweiser in between my cheeks and I just reverse out the bush. And I'm like, right, right, through, through the bottle. And, I, and I, I swear to God, these about 40 English guys looking at each other going, what the fuck's going on here? My, gr- my, my group are pissing themselves laughing. And you know what? It just dispersed everything and everybody uh-huh. just went on their way and nobody knew what was going on. And Kieran still to this day is, is his, his favourite story. And, and rightly so. Uh, well deserved. Did you, <laughs> did, did you stop bumping uh, Miguel Samay over there as well? Was he, where was that? Was that in, he was, Kieran was talking to me, he said he bumped in, I don't know if you were there, but he said he bumped in uh, Miguel Samay. He said him and another guy were kind of congratulating each other on how tight their shorts were, whether that's true or not. <laughs> Mate, mate, I, you know what? I think you're right. That's as bad that I don't remember. I've quite got a good memory for things like that. But we did, I, we bumped into wee Miguel. And I still speak to Miguel now, obviously, via Facebook and stuff yeah. like that. Um, check in with him. But I keep, so I know, and again, going back to Kieran's one, Kieran forgets to mention that he was desperate to get in with the Spice Boys. <laughs> do you know, do you know he, he was fucking desperate. So you remember there was, at that stage, there's Kano, uh, Kano, Biscuits, Kearney, Roddy, there was a group that were proper old school. Right. And then, uh, then there was up-and-coming superstars, weren't there? So there was Danny, Fizzy, Danny, Fizzy, Nathan, you know. And Kano and Biscuits had went for, right, let's go and get a McDonald's and a pint after the game. So they boys were going for lattes and coffees and stuff like that. So there was always, there was always these wee separations with it. And it was taken brilliantly. But Kieran, Kieran got into the Spice Boys very, very quick. So he, him and, don't get me wrong, me and Nathan were, got them brilliantly together before Fizzy left. He was brilliant to me. But, you know, they always had that wee cliquey group, if you like. Aye. They, they were away in and doing stuff like that. So they'd always kept a bit closer. Aye, but listen, Miguel's brilliant. He, you can see him. He's still... I'm so, have you had him on yet, no? No, no. We've been speaking back and forward. Eh? He's due to come on in the next couple of weeks, actually. Aye, because you can just still see his love for the club and the love for his time again, which which is probably a recurrent theme with all the, especially the 90s, kind of going in early 2000 boys. Why is that? Um, what is that about St. Johnston that people enjoyed their time there? Do, do you know what, Dan? I, I think what happens when you get a club at St. Johnston, right? Everybody understands they're never going to become millionaires or, you know, they can never be bigger than the club. And, and what tends to happen and, and what I've seen, something that I inherited in my career, obviously at different levels, I took it with me, is you make, you, the players around you made you be humble. If you go back to the very start for me, you know, Sloop, Sloop and Luggy were proper old school that you can only imagine. would never probably survive in the game now because of the way that they managed and the way that they did things and got things out of people. But you also had a dressing room like that. So as long as you gave everything, we were never going to we were never going to win every game. But as long as you gave everything and, and made yourself feel part of it, um, and it looks like I, I know obviously the boys are going through a tough time right now, but it looks like that's kind of continued throughout the years mm-hmm. that people were humble enough to come and, and be appreciative. Think about that little community. That's what they're a community club, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody well. You always get the odd one, but ninety percent of the people that signed up for that journey were you were made to. You know, you didn't get a choice when you went in that changing room with that group of people, and and it followed suit. I was waiting to say, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. Can I just jump in? Mark? Of course you can, Dan. <clears throat> yeah, just a uh, just a quick one for you, Mark, and it's something I've now started asking sort of everyone of your era, and um, because Jim uh, Jim Weir described them as bad cop and bad cop. It was scary, luggy or sleep. <laughs> do, do you know what, Dan? And, and listen, this this is bearing in mind I'm a 16 year old kid, right? Yeah. So um, I only ever seen one side of luggy, and that you 
you were basically never good enough. He always was going to find something better. And it was his way, his way, his way. And do you know the only time you knew you'd done something good, Luggy wouldn't speak to you? Okay. Yeah. So that's when you were a, when you're a young boy and Luggy decided not to speak to you after the game or after the session, it probably means you've done all right. So his whole thing was drilling in the what could have been done better, you should be better, this is what you need to do, this is your opportunity. Where a sloop was very, very slim, similar, but at the same time, sloop could pull you to the side and go, by the way, that was fucking brilliant. Or by the way, see that, see what you're doing there, keep doing that. And think, you know, sloop had, and finally, sloop had me almost had Callum mentoring me as soon as I walked yeah. into the club. And I never knew Callum to be Adam at the time. As far as I was concerned, you know, we had this super clever and student who decided, oh, I might play football. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a golfer. I might just go and play whatever I want to do. Do you know what I mean? He literally was that guy. I tell you one, I tell you one thing, though, just jumping off. So, sorry, let me ask that question, Dan. Sloop, Sloop was harder, but he gave you more back. And Luggy was just at that different level where the old boys respected him and that was for that very reason. Yeah. Um, you know, if that makes sense. But I, I remember, I don't know if you remember this right, but years and years and years ago, and this is dead random, but there was, there was a gay couple that were on EastEnders. Now, I'll, I'll never remember I'll never remember them right, but Callum got, always got told that he looked like one of them. I'm Googling it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, surely, and I'm talking, so it was in that era, so you go EastEnders gay couple in the Late late nineties or whatever it was, and that even well, of course, and that's not even going to be the the worst thing on my search engine. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> I know how to delete it. It's absolutely fine. It's already on your favourite. You mean <laughs> next to squ- next to squ- <laughs> next to squatting midgets, right? Uh... <laughs> but I'm I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure his name is Simon. I could be completely wrong here, right? But we went to that bar one night, and I'm I'm lucky if I've even turned eighteen. I'm having a Try, try to be part of it and Biscuits and Kane again the same squad go, go and tell him he's he's a double of that gay guy um, EastEnders because I just go up and I just say like Simon can I get your autograph I tell you what did Callum not pick me up with both hands and nearly pin me right through a wall I was like fucking this guy out. this guy is an absolute bear he, he wasn't that much older older than me Callum you know but I was like fucking hell and then obviously he got his move to Blackburn which was well deserved he was above he's above where St Johnston were at the time and like Danny was you, you can always see a talent come through and he's he's done he's not done too badly for himself though he's, he's gonna well I <laughs> he's kind of written himself in the um, in the books for all the good things uh, which is but listen you, you always want people like that to do well you know so humble like I say he, he could have he could have been anything in the world reality is and his career path has taken up me there um, and I, I couldn't be happy for him I couldn't be happy for the club as well No uh, it's, it's been incredible uh, just while we're t- I just looked at the picture of it it was Simon and Tony were the gay couple from I knew standards. it Simon uh, you're right. <laughs> and I'm looking at him and it's an absolute spit of a young Callum Davidson it's frightening <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I got I got the I got the lesson very early doors how Callum was when I took the bait for the first team saying go and tell Simon to get the rounder or some of that and he just <laughs> exploded at me. Brilliant. Um, speaking of managers, how was Sandy Clark in comparison? Because we've heard of it ranges vastly on who we speak to. So obviously, I've got a lot of affection to Sandy Clark. He gave me my debut. He gave me he gave me my first proper first team contract. You know, he made me. He made me feel ten feet tall at the right time, and and then brought me down back to earth at the right time. So I, I had a lot of time for Sandy. I think think he got well. He got in a position which must have been so hard because we were we we could have finished third that year. We um, you know no disrespect, but Arthur, Arthur Henderson and Alistair could have took the team. Yeah, you know what I mean. There was that much momentum. There was that 
much going on that we were pretty unstoppable. If you remember in that in that scene as well, I don't know if you boys will remember this. That was the exact same season that I captained. Uh, I think they called it the reserves or the the youth. Like you know, we get to play three older players. That's right. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and so we won the first ever kind of SPL reserve league at that as well. So we on the day the Dundee game, you know, it was me and I was a captain, and it was me and all the boys that paraded around the pitch with the trophy in front of ten thousand at half time, saying, "So we were like unstoppable at youths. The reserves were, you know, unplayable, and then he finished third in the Premier League, um, and then so Sandy, Sandy obviously rode that wave and done well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of time. I had a lot of time for him. I think. My, my personal opinion when you look back at these things now he was maybe a bit a bit too loyal to the the boys that were losing their legs or losing you know some of the boys that had maybe done it the year before but were getting a bit closer and when he had the chance to freshen it up he maybe didn't take that chance mm-hmm. uh, but as a, as a guy and I know Jim has been on here now that he mentioned his wife Liz you know my, my first six months with Sandy here I was actually his babysitter okay. because he brought his do you, remember, do you remember his boy? Well, we all heard he's done Nicky, uh, Nicky now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aye. Nicky was a, a practically a baby. And he used to come up with Liz Saturday. He used to name the squad and go, Marco, you're not in the squad. Go and take Nicky and do some training with him. And I get fucked outside and get told to keep, keep me up age with a six-year-old. Six year again, he's done all the bad for himself either, and that's all down to you, Mark. Who'd have knew? Well, hopefully I taught him how to use his left foot if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, you know, I, listen, I had a lot of time, a lot of time for Sandy, and I know it's probably something we'll cover at another stage. But when I um, obviously had my driving and car incident, mm-hmm. he was one of the first people to have my back and, and say, "Listen, look at the bigger picture here." You know that that could have sent me in a completely different direction if St Johnston didn't have the right people around me and give me the right back. And so I'll be ever ever grateful to him and, and, and the club for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you came out the the other side of that one. Um, we'll touch on uh, you. You went over to Ireland, which obviously it's in the Scottish leagues. We get a lot of players coming in this direction, but not many going the opposite way. Um, how was your time over there? Loved it, absolutely loved it. So again, again through an ex uh, Saints connection, big Stuart Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, I think he um, he racked up a total of one first team appearance and <laughs> el- elbowed my Albie in the face and got sent off about thirty minutes into it. What a guy! Worth <laughs> <laughs> it. So, so me and my, me and Big Malky were were always close. You know that if you think about the era that we came in, me, Malky, Kieran, Charlie King, Gordon Brown, and then you had the ones just above us, so Robo, Stuart McCluskey. So we, we always had that type of group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Big Big Malky, out of nowhere, phoned me. He's like, um, he'd been over, he'd been over, and he's like, I've got a chance for us both to go and sign for Shelburne. And I was like, mate, where the fuck is that? I was like, <laughs> what's happening? And then, and then he mentioned Dublin. <laughs> and I was like, right, let's go. Sold. Let's do that. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a plan. He's like, do, do you know what you know about money or that? I was like, no, no. If you tell me we're in, we're in. Let's go. <laughs> we went went over. I met this manager, Dermot. Um, can't mind his second name, but mad as a brush. But you actually look at the history of Shelburne. What a club. Ah, they're massive. You know, what a, yeah. oh, what a club. And I arrived at the stadium and it was it was almost like a wee mini McDermott. You know, probably 5,000, but stands and, and the history and... When, when I arrived there, my, my second game, we played like a full Leeds United team in a pre-season because they played summer football. Okay. So okay. I was like, right, so you know, I, but they were first division, um, but re- really enjoyed it. You know, I got freedom to go and play. Um, different class in terms of the book to hotel on the Thursday night. We trained, played on a Friday night. 
went out in Dublin the Friday night and got the red eye home every Saturday morning. So it was um, basically we would, me and Big Malky would get about 400 euros in our hand, cash in hand, play the game, get the money right after the game, go out in Dublin and then come home with the money on the Saturday morning. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing this for the money. <laughs> no, you know? not at all. Absolutely living the dream. Um, that was, oh, just, what, was one class. season with them and that was one season with Galway. Was that right? That's right, yeah. And then, Obviously, I, I'd done. I'd obviously turned a few heads over there and got a chance to play with Galway in the Premier League, and that was brilliant. Absolutely loved that. So I was a kind of an up and coming club, and when they got me over there, they'd um, their own training facility, so three pitches, all grass pitches, their own chef, their own gym. Um, they they were really going for it. And a funny story about the Galway one. Have you ever have you ever watched the film Rogue Trader? It's yeah. a film with you McGregor, and it's about basically the Barons Bank where they take. Ewan McGregor plays the guy Nick Leeson, yeah? Nick Leeson, yeah. Yeah. That was my chairman at Galway. <laughs> so so I, I I fly in on this wee propeller plane, Edinburgh to Galway, land, and this this boy's here and it's like eleven o'clock at night and he's still wearing a cap and shade and a blacked out Range Rover. Oh wow. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> okay. This is not what I was expect I've heard about some of the stuff that goes on in Ireland, but it wasn't what I was expecting. So I turns him up, he's very kind of one word answer, he's like your house will be ready for three days. You're going to have to stay with me for these couple of days. You'll be staying in this part, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, Nick, thanks so much. I appreciate it. So I'm in and, and right away, is a, you know, a really good, you know what the Irish are like, they're different class. Yeah. Um, really good bunch of boys. But every now and then they're saying to me, oh, you're staying at Nick's. How much money did you find under the mattress? Have you checked this? <laughs> and, I, and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh, it's a rich guy. He's turned up a Range Rover. He's got another white Range Rover outside. And sure enough, I got to about the Wednesday and one of the boys pulls me and he goes, you don't actually have a clue what they're talking about there. And I'm like, nope, not a clue. And he's like, that's Nick Leeson. That's the guy that basically went to jail for 500 million at the Barons Bank. And I was like, fucking hell. I never even put two and two together. So, aye, uh, he, he wasn't a, was a good man to negotiate contracts with that. Too, so. At least you know the Range Rover you were travelling would have been bulletproof, though. Well, I would imagine so, mate. Well, bear, bear in mind, this is a guy, this is a guy that was in, um, he was in jail in China and got diagnosed with cancer and days to live. He got signed off by uh, a Chinese doctor. Right. And then once he, once he arrived in Galway, he was one of 850 million to one chance that he actually full recovery. And, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. what a stroke of so, luck that is, that man, honestly. Was, <laughs> and then, you, sorry. Oh, and you go, Dad. I was going to say, give him his due, at least he kept a low profile. <laughs> oh, me, yeah, oh, right. He kept under the radar with his Range Rover and his... Everything was in his wife's name. Everything was, everything was there. But listen, see in terms of, I've probably never been as fit, and that was seven years at St. Johnston, but I've never been as fit. I dedicated my life to the game again for just for that one year. Because mm-hmm. I lived, my, I lived the, the, a wee place, or a quite well-known place called Athen Rye. Yeah. So the, the, one, of the big, one of the big investments over there was a, was a house builder. And he gave us a beautiful house. And then I ended up the Jamaican international goalie, a big guy called Alvin Roos. He lived with me, He but he kind of kept himself to himself. So we just dedicated ourselves to playing football. Um, and it was a brilliant experience. Got my love back for it again. Um, and we actually did really well. We had um, Jeff Kenner. Do you remember the guy? He, he, won the, Ooh, yeah. he, won, he won the premiership with Blackburn. Right <laughs> back. So he, he came in halfway the season. He came in as player manager. And um, we just got on like a house house and fire you know, he, he put so much trust in me I don't know if it's because he was kind although he was an Irish international 
he would have played with Big Kearney actually um, although he was an Irish international he was an outsider and so was that and the rest were pretty local um, but we had we done really well got semi-finally both cups and then stayed up which they didn't really expect on that budget um, but really, no, I really enjoyed it I wouldn't have a bad word to say about Ireland Brilliant. Uh, right, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to talking about the Saints very, very briefly. I just want to touch on one of your other former clubs at the moment, um, our growth, where you played a, a good bundle of times over two spells. What a season they're having. Oh, it's unbelievable. Do you know what? And I, I had Dick Campbell as a manager, right, for one of the um, for a very short period. As soon as I left Saints, actually, it was Breakin that I went to. Right. Uh, they, were in the champ- they were in the championship. And I genuinely thought, this guy does not know his arse from his elbow. <laughs> From what from what I came from, and I heard all these great stories, and, and Charlie King was there again, another somebody that I'm extremely close to. But what a manager! What a manager! See, he continues to do that and get that out. That team is actually phenomenal. And do you know what? They've got a chance. They do. They've got. A, they've got. They've got a chance yeah. now because all the all the typical what Thistle Kelly and Inverness, and rightly so, they'll all be looking at each other, and they keep they keep expecting the wee part time team to blow up. And then they went to Rafe and they behind and came in one so great character. Um, so I am absolutely delighted for them. Delighted for them. Yeah, and Dick Campbell as well was one of Scottish football characters. We were at a, a charity do about two or three months ago and we're sitting, me and my wife were sitting next to Dick Campbell. And uh, I think he offered Lynn the big dick experience about four times. <laughs> and I was like, for fuck's sake, Dick. When we were at Stirling and Albion, obviously I was player assistant manager there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and he'd done it after dinner speaking. And I got a great catch up with him. I, I, I'd done the UA for B with Pink, his brother. Uh-huh. So I've always had quite a good relationship with him. But see for, see for talking and speaking and things like that, you, you can listen to the guy all day. I got a brilliant, a brilliant story for him. So, as I say to you, right, with, I just signed for them. There's a couple of other clubs, and I thought, right, I'm going to stay. At least it's only kind of the championships. And Johnston were obviously still League One, I think it was called at the time. So, I was staying in and around it. And, but what he'd done was, because he'd got up to that level, he'd signed about 30 players. So, he, he, he brought in some experience Ali Mitchell, Paul Dees, Kevin, he like old school, and he brought in some young boys as well. But the, the changing was, honestly, you could have put two teams. First game, we're at Breakin at the Hedge and we're playing Falkirk and he comes in and it's fucking, you know, he's got the effing and blind and <laughs> get the sleeves up and get their over, overalls on. Nobody's coming to Ella House to take money and but, and he's rallying, it's a hoorah. And he goes, and this is my starting team. And he gives it the starting 11 and there's another 18 boys there going, well, what the fuck do we do? Are any of us getting stripped? Are we going to have subs? And then and somebody shouts to him, Gaffer, Gaffer, are you going to name the subs? And he comes, Oh, aye, 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 give me that. And he just grabs a bit of paper out of the um, pink hand. And he goes, the subs will be uh, Sharp, McMenamin, Hull, Mac. He was reading out the Falkirk team sheet. He just shout. <laughs> and by the way, I'm, I'm fucking three months, 37 years at the Saints, seven years full time. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is this time. He doesn't even know he's in squad. So, aye, that was my very short, kind of playing experience under Dick but as a talker and as a guy I could see why people would go to war for him he, he, he can make you he make you feel anything and then you want yeah he's uh, nah, he's one of the football one of the Scottish football's good guys uh, we'll, we'll finish up very quickly just talking about Saints how do you think we'll get on the second half of the season we're notoriously slow starters but do you think Callum or Simon if you want to call him um, has got the we'll get them out of trouble Listen, we've, we've got to give him every faith, haven't we? He's what he's done, and there's been changes, and, and obviously losing big players at big time. But 
you're always a victim of your success. That's it. You know, and when when we went on and had that double winning season and performing so well for where he'd taken it, of course the players become they become in a short window and, and we've seen that with the with the boy that went to Preston and the boy that went to Wigan and, and some of the other boys that moved on. It looks like um, there's going to be reinforcements in January. He's been given some money and trust, um, and I think and I think he'll spend that wisely. There's been some good acquisitions so far. I think coming in, so I'm sure they're going to um, roll up the sleeves and deliver. Well, fingers crossed around. Mark Raymond McCulloch, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. As I was informed, yes, I was informed. Much appreciated. I was informed to uh, call you by your full title. Uh, he likes to he likes to drop in a little mond every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when you I'll, come... I'll, get, I'll let you I'll let you get this one as well because talking about the Saints and how everything always happens. So my my um, I'm Mark Raymond McCulloch. I don't hide it after my father Raymond. Um, Raymond, uh, that my dad was actually Twaddle's gaffer at Roland Decorators. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was listening. To, I listened to Twad's one there, and he's talking about the painting and decorating, and go. Like, oh, that's just, that was always my world. I couldn't get away from it. Even when I, I joined, he's like, oh, my old, yeah, your old man's my, my old gaffer. I'm like, fucking hell. Such, <laughs> such, such a small world. Jesus, do you know fancy yeah, doing a bit of painting decorating? Mate, listen, my wife will tell you very clearly. My, my, and this is a true story. My tools right now are in the shed in a Lidl's bag. <laughs> a, sh- a sharpie so, and a tape measure. <laughs> get, get. Get, get me in front of your computer, let me do a business plan, let me give you a strategy, I can do all that, but get me DIY, absolutely not. Not for you, well, a, a bloody mighty <laughs> fine defender you were though, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and hopefully we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Superb, guys, all the best. What Thanks a guy, thanks mate, cheers buddy, see you later. Take care. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye. bye-bye, bye-bye. Flonix offers flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. Our head office is based in Perth, but with offices in Edinburgh, Manchester and London, we service most areas within the UK. We can support any size of company and we excel in delivering fast, reliable and accountable service to our clients. We take a flexible approach to IT, which is determined by our clients' business needs. We can operate as the client's IT department or add to an existing IT resource within the company. Our people are highly trained professionals who have the expertise to access, repair and maintain any PC, server, network or Apple Mac system. Check out flonix.co.uk for all the details. What a lovely guy. Ah, he's absolutely tremendous. I I mean, a genuinely, genuinely lovely fella. Um, We missed all of it at the start when he was, we were just genuinely chatting. He's asking how you doing. um, really, really generous to his time. Nice fella. And I tell you what, he had some great stories. Yeah, what a guy. Everybody will remember him. He was, like, he was a great left back. I thoroughly enjoyed him. But he did play the spell with Saints when we were kind of at our lowest ebb, I would say, over the last maybe 30 odd years. Yeah, and I mean, that can happen. But I mean, as he, as we touched upon in the interview, he went away and had a great time elsewhere. Um, it's an absolute stalwart at our bro. I think he ended up club captain there. Yeah, yeah. Um, had a great time over in Ireland. I mean, it comes to something when your chairman is Nick Leeson <laughs> and you end up staying with him. I mean, what an experience that must have been. So, nah, um, a great lad. I'm so grateful for his um, his time and for being, you know, for basically just being really funny. Yeah, brilliant guest. And as we said at the top of the show, we have got some absolutely cracking guests coming up. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to give too much away because we quite like giving the old surprise. But yeah, just sort of stick with us on these because they are going to be very, very good. Very good, including former players, European goal scorers, managers, chairmen, the lot. 
oops, I've given too much away, but no, um, it's <laughs> <laughs> one guest in particular we're very, very, very excited about, and hopefully that'll be coming up sooner rather than later. So carry on, stick with us, stick with your pals. Ah, go and stick with the boys. I'm, I'm excited about all the guests. I'm, I, I, I really am. But yeah, one guest in particular, one potential guest in particular. Yes, which will be because, very, very exciting. Because it's not a guest. They're not a guest until it's done. Well, that's just true. Everybody's a, everybody's a friend we just haven't met yet, Darren. Frangers. Not quite friends, not quite strangers. What, what word? Frangers. Fringers. Yeah. Never heard that. I, I can't, I can't, because I, I've, I've already got this reputation in some circles as being a bit offbeat and being a bit... <laughs> no! Uh, and being a bit sort of, of a hipster. Um, Frangers was a an album by it was a 2003 album by a danish alternative rock band Mew. that does not interest me no and i don't know why i said it and <laughs> I, I deeply regret it it's like i've just basically done the bit where in empire strikes back oh a star wars references where, i'll pull you back back from being a geek <laughs> where, where he goes into the forest with yoda and luke goes into the forest with yoda and he sees like he's he sees himself in Darth Vader and it basically just stops the whole movie dead in its tracks and now that I've stopped the podcast dead in its tracks so with that I would like to thank you for your patronage <laughs> over the last 45 episodes and announce my retirement from the Dog of Saints podcast we'll get we'll draft somebody new and Mark McCullough he can do it he's a guy oh, do it if he wants to do it then I'm happy to step aside not at all but should we do a feature yeah why not mate kits and pieces Now we this is our kind of a topic that kind of dips in and out this feature. So we 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 did it once and we covered the the old teal and magenta, the classic awaiter, which we're not stopping this campaign. It's about the same year that the kits get decided, so we're gonna ramp this up a little bit, I think, and just try and push again and go for the old teal magenta. We went we won the first division last time we had it. Could be the same again next season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a throwback that'll be. Um, we're going, that's it. Saints have just gone all in on the banter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you thought we were a bit of a pain in the backside when it came to Teal and Magenta sort of between March and May last year, you ain't seen nothing yet. Absolutely not. It's getting ramped up no end. But we're going to discuss another wacky awake it, which... Yeah, we are. Yeah, so this was from 1990. This is, which has kind of been a bit of a rehash this season. Uh, it's the red and white stripey one with been described as one of the top five worst football sponsors ever in Britain. Yeah, but it's good because it's funny. What were Bonner? They were a plastic company, I think. I think they provided a lot of the um, seats and stuff for McDermott, I think. I think that was part of the ah, deal right. or the AstroTurf, I think, maybe. I think that was probably part of the, the gig. They'll get it if they get the sponsorship. But yeah, a red and white away kit for Saints. They had, they did have previously have a, a red and white kind of half kit going into the last season at McDermott, but it's... Mutant, sorry, beg your pardon, I'm all over the place today. Um, but yeah, it's came back this season, I like it. I hate it. This season's one. I don't hate it. No, I'm gonna. I'm going back on that, because that was very strong. And I'm I'm sorry, I, was, I just got very emotional. I dislike and it a lot. It's not that I dislike it as a kit. I, actually, I've seen the red and white half one, and that is a totally different kettle of fish, because I think that's brilliant, I wish they brought that back. But it looks like 
somebody's home shirt and not ours and it doesn't I, I just can't I just can't go for red and white stripes as an away kit and I just can't get my head around the fact that it's an away kit and it bothers me and this is my issue not anyone else's <laughs> but actually then when we're wearing it, it like it looks great yeah the shorts are brilliant like they've got the the badge on the side as well and the darker kind of maroon colored yeah red um I like it like the Bonner one, again, as I say, it's slightly different because it goes through different shades of red, but having Bonner in the front of your top is is, is an absolute disaster. But I, football shirts change over nice. time. Well, do you think they'll ever go back to being baggy again? Because they kind of go through, they went tight in the early 90s, and then they went kind of ridiculously baggy by the end of the 90s, and the yeah. shorts kind of went the opposite as well. They kind of got bigger and baggier. Really long. Yeah. and then we might, kinda... have hit this, we might have hit the sweet spot on football kits. You know what it'll come down to? Ultimately, it's going to end up coming down to like sort of because this was never the case when sort of you and I started watching football, and presumably a lot of our listeners and well, some of our listeners watching football. Nobody ever thought about how a top breathability and stuff like that, and sort of how it. I'm because I do sort of think it's a lot of guff but how it affects your performance. But actually then in terms of there is something in it because of running gear and all that. I don't know whether baggy shirts will come back because I think players are just mole. Yeah. I think it's going to stop shirt pulling. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's why a lot of shirt pulls these days are heroic, i.e. Giorgio Chiellini on <laughs> Bukayo Sacco. Uh, Bukayo Saka, sorry. Bukayo Saka. Right, there we go. Come on then. Bukayo Saka. Yeah, I mean that was just remarkable. Yeah. I I I reckon a baggy top had, had come. I reckon it had a lot of business. But I think it'd be handy as well because teams are more likely to pull your shirt and you'd get more penalties if you had if they had something to pull onto. This is it. This is why we need in time for VAR coming up here. Bring it back. But yeah, it it goes through. Imagine giving Michael Halloran a baggy shirt. You wouldn't you wouldn't like it. The bloke sends his shirts to the tailors to get them tightened. <laughs> It's, so yeah, I I don't know. I I think this should be our next campaign. Bring oh, with that, we'll tie it in. Bring back tail and magenta and make it baggy. Oh, now we're talking. Even if I got like a four XL top now, it's still pretty. It's not massive. It's not like a tent. And do you remember those? Because I don't really buy that many football shirts now. Um, the last one I bought was a um, cup final one, mm-hmm. special edition one, and it's sort of like. Big enough, but it's quite clingy. It is clingy. It, it, I don't know what it's made out of, but it it, it hugs your curves. <laughs> so yeah, not ideal bring for back, the modern football fan. Bring back baggy for the chunkier man. There we go. Well, you do that. You get like um, football kits kind of come into kind of things now. You get the replica kit and you get the match kind of kit, which is literally a spray on one and costs like a hundred and forty odd quid. Yeah. That's so I think yeah. Well, that's what it always is. It's replica, isn't it? So I reckon we can afford a little bit of a little bit of um, bit of leeway on replica. I don't know who'd want to spend a hundred and odd quid on a, a match. What do they call it? Match issue. Yeah, match issue. Talk. Yeah, that's it. But well, there we go. There, that's our chat on kits this week. We bring back, back <laughs> a new campaign. What did we actually start out with though? On this set, it was the red, red and white striped kit. And, and you basically just said you didn't, you didn't like it, and then we just moved on. It's not that I don't like it. It just, it, I don't know, because there's so many teams sort of down south who have red and white stripes. But they, most of them have not, have they not got black shorts though? I think that's why I quite like it when they're wearing the 
when they're wearing the um, the away kit this season. So I think the red shorts are banging with it. Yeah. I don't know. And I I don't think I ever will know. It keeps me awake at night. I can't lie to you. <laughs> I just did lie to you because it doesn't keep me awake no, it does at night. Not. All told, red and white striped kit. I like it. Fingers up. Fingers up, thumbs up. <laughs> Don't want your fingers up anything, please, Daniel. Um, right, well, we'll wrap this up. We're going to talk about the outgoing football players uh, who have left the club very, very briefly. We'll start with uh, Big Viv, who, from what we've gathered, literally just left his keys in his house and just left. Just walked yeah, away. yeah, I think at the very first opportunity he could after his culture or not. Um, I think it's become pretty obvious that that was always likely to be a short term. A very very short term solution. Um, he wasn't the answer though. I don't. I, he had. He he showed flashes certainly of being a good player, but yeah, it was quite obvious that there was a reason he hadn't had a club for a while. Um, or maybe not. No, maybe that's harsh. I think it was quite obvious that he hadn't had a club for a while and hadn't played any football. Yeah, that's. Um, or maybe you know what I mean. It's um, you see it sometimes with lone players. They, they go and then they, they come they come and then they go pretty quickly because it's culture cold, cold shot for them mm-hmm. moving to a different place. Um, maybe he was a little bit felt you know he's a little bit away and probably the fact that restrictions had come back in at that point um, maybe it was a bit of a perfect storm. But yeah, it was. I, I, I'm not sure he was ever the answer. Um, I, I liked him. I thought he was a good enough player. But yeah, if he didn't want to, he clearly didn't want to be there. So. Yeah, off you, off you pop, bud. That's it. And we also lost the three lonely defenders in Dendonker, Devine, and Miller. Yeah. Um, Dendonker started brightly. He had a great game on debut against Dundee. Uh, I think he, his lack of experience became painfully obvious as time went on, though. Uh, and maybe I'm worrying trend really maybe he lost a little bit of confidence um but yeah i mean I, there probably is a player in there i think he needs to go probably needs to go away again um because he's not going to get games of brighton uh, i don't know what he's going to do but I, I i i quite liked him i liked he seemed a decent enough lad and had a couple of good games it went downhill pretty quickly but yeah good luck to the lad the other two I feel a lot more sorry for. Um, I felt divine. I'll come on a Muller in a minute, um, basically just because he was the last to leave. So for some sort of satisfying order of things. Uh, divine, I think he was criminally underused. I really do. Um, and I hope it's not a... I hope maybe it's a little bit different for Tony Gallagher. I actually think if Gallagher hadn't been lined up as a permanent signing, I actually think Devine would still be here. Yeah. Um, I thought he, he looked talk, he looked good at the start of the season, looked like he had a lot to offer. But obviously, Callum Booth's first choice left back and he was injured at the start of the season. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's natural that he came in, but things weren't necessarily going well and he still wasn't getting a chance. Played at Ibrox. And actually now looks like he played at Ibrox as cannon fodder, which was which is frustrating, but... Played, I actually thought he was our best player that night. And then a couple of days later at Fair Park, he's back on the bench. And you probably felt the writing was on the wall there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muller, again, I thought, he, I thought he looked good. Played a fair bit at the start of the season. 
thought he thought he had a lot about him as a footballer. Uh, a couple of mistakes, and um, notably the penalty against Rangers, which John Hartson took personal offence to. But oh, yeah. he's nineteen. He's a nineteen-year-old centre half. What what the hell are you going to expect? Uh, and I think there was enough about him. I think there was enough redeeming qualities there for him to be given more than six or seven games or whatever he had. Um. So, yeah, I think there was. A, it's a bit frustrating, really, um, that they weren't given more of an opportunity. But obviously, if, they're not, if you're not going to use them, then cut the cut the loan short, send them back. Because also, you're going to be looking at it and you're thinking, Brighton and Manchester United and, um, and Millwall, they're going to be, they're probably going to be looking at it and thinking, why are we sending them here? Mm-hmm. If, they, if they're just going to sit on the bench then that's no use because we sent them out there to get games. So I, I, they'll probably all end up going out on loan again um, before the month's out. So, yeah, and best of luck to them all because I, I actually think, particularly Devine and Muller, um, I thought were re- looked really good players. Um, then Donk has probably got a little bit further to go, but I think there's enough there. So, yeah, um, disappointing, but we've, there's no... We've signed players in those positions, so that's going to make it even less likely to have games. That's it. But good luck to them guys um, at back at the parent clubs. Hope they, they have a decent success. They seem like nice fellas as well. Yeah, I think they're all decent lads. Um, Reese Devine once literally bumped into me and asked him and was very apologetic. So Very nice. A good lad. Um, yeah. yeah, I just felt like someone's uh, basket like twined to the back of my leg. I looked at it and he just a sort of, oh, sorry, I'm like, oh, you're all right, mate. Oh, I know you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've there is a rumour, a nasty rumour, that I don't want to hear any more of about another outgoing, my sweet, sweet prince, Effie Ambrose. Oh, yeah. I'm not having this. He's disappeared um, off the face of the planet, eh? Again, I actually think... I think he's a little bit of luck. I know some people disagree and I actually get this. Um, but he, when he first came into the side, he was strolling games. Yeah. He was absolutely bossing it. Then he had Livy, which was a bit of a disaster. Um, and then Celtic. But yeah, it's a game where Celtic, that can happen. Um, he, he made a little mistake there. I think um, like our old pals at the Almond View podcast told us after the Livy game, he said, they said, well, that's his one game out of nine. He says he has he had nine good games and then amongst, you know, and then one game that's a total and utter disaster. So, and, but he never really got a chance to prove that because he was absolutely banished and we haven't seen him for months. No. So, again, he's another one, probably his, his age, either his stated age or his real age. Uh, he needs to. He needs to be playing games. I mean, he's going out at a jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. If he's got a Dunfermline, but I think they will get. I think Yogi will get far more use out of him than Callum. To I, be honest, I think so. But we wish him all the best if he does stay. Great. Ah, oh, I'd love that. Um, we did forget to mention it's not a signing, but an addition to the squad earlier. Charlie Gilmore's come back on. Long. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, it's good luck. To, I actually, um, I actually like Charlie Gilmore. 
And but that's not really based on it. I think that's based on half an hour at Easter Road the day before he went out on one twelve. <laughs> Um, we, oh no, it was 48 hours after because in the 20, in the at 20 at the 24 hour mark, I I claimed he looked really good and was going to be an asset for the season. And then the next day he went out on loan. So yeah, um, again, apparently he's been doing really well. You, I mean, nobody's going to say any different. No, like Cam Davidson's not going to say, oh yeah, he was honking um, <laughs> out there. But Barry Ferguson was effusive in his praise of him so strawberry ferguson strawberry ferguson <laughs> the very man um, <laughs> um yeah so uh, no barry ferguson was very effusive in his praise so we'll have to see uh, i hope that that doesn't mean that the search for a midfielder started and ended with liam short because I do think we still probably need someone else. I think so, as long as it's not a mad rush on the 31st of January. No, no, it needs to be. Um, you'd hope and it's been sort of fought out, but we'll wait and see. There's no point in speculating. Certainly not, but we've come. We're, we're back and we're finished, though. We've finished another episode. We have come to the end of the road. Um, we've got We've got two games coming up this week, but... We'll talk about them next week once they've happened. We're away. We're away at Hearts on Tuesday, which we're going. We're going back. We're going back. We've got yes, the fans back, which is tremendous. And uh, again, I think they did the right thing. Moved the break forward. Uh, there was obviously a risk that the restrictions were going to carry on, as we all knew. But I think the league did the right thing because it gave them a fighting chance. And then if it did get extended at least the league could turn around and say well we did all we could do yeah absolutely um so it it has it has paid off and it has worked and then we're off to kelty on saturday oh we're gonna have a fine day out Um, (laughs) have everyone managed to navigate the ticketing website oh what a farce i just said yeah i think i'm due somebody money for that but what happened did it just crash um i think there was issues with i think the app wasn't working um crashed and people were I'm going to say there was too many people did it for it to just be a case of user error. Um, I think the na- um, navigatability of the site meant a lot of people ended up buying tickets in the home end, which is going to be for Saints fans anyway, let's be honest with yeah. ourselves. So um, I don't think there's a big issue there. But yeah, we'll be there. Um, proper we'll derby. going down. Sorry? A proper derby. Oh, a proper, da- a proper derby. Um unless we lose, in which case I'm not playing it's a derby. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. And yeah, looking forward to getting back to the football. It seems like a long time now. So I think we're all we're all choking for it. We've all forgotten how grim it got before Christmas. And we're looking forward to a blockbuster second half of the season. Yes, this is when we get going. And this is where I'm either proved absolutely right. And I go back through the archives and pull out all the clips of me saying we don't get going until after Christmas. Or I just shut my pass. But uh, a couple of points we need to make. Um, subscribers, you haven't been charged last month. Um, there's been an issue with our website for some reason. Um, that's why there's not been any newsletters or anything. We're trying to get on top of it and try and work out what's happened, but you haven't been charged, so don't worry about that. To be fair, the reason there's not been any newsletters is I've not really had anything to update you on. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not because I'm like, I've not got the money, so I'm not doing it. Um, 
It's no, it's genuine just because we had nothing all day, but it's actually worked out to be probably a little bit of a happy accident. Um, but you will be getting a big blockbuster bonus newsletter coming into your inboxes this week. And if you want that, if you want that, if you want in on this action, if you want a slice of this pie, it's a good pie, it's tasty, it's piping hot, it's delicious. Then you know what to do. You got a doggersaints.com, not the contact section, the subscribe button, and you get on board. Get there. Get there. Nice. Uh, also, we need to thank Flonix as well for uh, sponsoring the show this week and for the next couple of weeks. Really, really appreciate having them on board. And as you know, Flonix offers flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. Go to flonix.co.uk for all your IT needs. Booyah. And you know what? I'm just going to keep you waiting for what we've all come for for just a couple more minutes because I've just got a... Um, I've just got another announcement uh, to make. Just a shout out to our friend Ross Clark, brother of Xander. So I'm just going to give him a big shout. You might have seen we've been uh, promoting it a fair bit on the on the socials. He's started a podcast. It's a bloody good thing, I must say. Uh, the Other Brother podcast. Search it out. It's on. Um, obviously, he's got all the socials going. All the usual social streams. Uh, the Other Brother podcast on, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, no, you search him out on Twitter. I think Ross, if you just go to Ross's Twitter, he's done plenty of retweets and and all that. Um, uh, he's on Spotify, you know, all the all your favourite listening services. And it is an absolute tremendous fit. And I just want to give a big... He's done two episodes so far. Uh, it's based around mental health and well-being. And, and I, I really do feel... I, I was very, very... I've been very impressed, and our very own Sam Miller was on episode two. Hello. Um, and I'll um, fucking nearly had my greeting as well. Sorry, man. So, um, no, it was a, I'd really recommend listening, and uh, just a very, very well done to you, mate, because I think that was a, a wonderful thing to do, and I'm, I'm very proud of you, and oh, you. Um, well, yeah, I, I, well, I, I need to get it out in the public, don't I? I need the people to know. They need to know. Hashtag damn feelings. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's not something I've really talked about an awful lot. Um, I had loads of lovely messages um, saying it resonated with them or they've taken something away from it or just hope you're okay and stuff like that. I'm absolutely fine, obviously, but um, yeah, going into about mental health and stuff with Ross, it was a great wee chat. Thank you and thanks everybody that sent me lots of lovely messages and thanks to you, Dan, for your, your nice words. That was very, very sweet. I, I mean, I mean, you're a dick. But you're my dick, and I'm gonna. <laughs> oh yeah, and, I'm, and yeah, there's there's big love there. Good stuff, my man. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week. Do the song, Dan, for fuck's sake. <laughs> F L O N I X. If you can spell it, greedy will instead. It's Flonix, and they do it solutions that I think are nice. So if your IT needs a men, then Flonix are your friends and they support the doggers with pride. Happy New Year to everyone that isn't Mark Guidi. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.